after the quiet of a thousand nights falls upon your ears, an idea will betray you. Your secrets are not yours alone. An abyss opens beneath your cradle, and the torch will sputter into darkness. You will hold the myth of life in your hands, and you will drive the chariot of winter. Welcome to Soul Story, a Through the Breach actual play podcast set in the world of Malifaux. Today I'm joined by... Moose, playing Felix. Spencer, playing Jared. Bam Bam, playing Albert Long. I'm Logan, playing Rosa. And I'm Alex, and I'll be your Fate Master today. I still sometimes expect Moose to say, uh, to say Putnam. And I, 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 I mouth Putnam out loud. No, wait, no. He's playing Felix. That's right. That's right. Uh, Just, just you wait. Just you wait. Oh, man. Oh, no. The return. The return. Putnam 2, Electric Boogaloo. Putnam 2.0. Return of Putnam. We are leveling you guys up today. Good job on your, uh, on your level up. We have passed another step through your guys' life. But let's start with the epilogue. What happened after McFate was seen riding into the sunset? I want to start this scene with Jared and Al. The last thing... Oh, I burped. That was gross. The last thing that I remember being said was Jared turning to Al and just telling him to go home, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Jared, just... Can you just level with me real quick? I, um... This may come to a surprise. Uh, I can't read. I got these things, and I, I... I can't read them. And I, I, I think I need them. But I gotta read them to know. So... Can... Teach me how to read. <clears throat> Alright, so what's so important about these fucking cards? Uh so Al's just gonna kinda like he's gonna look like he's cupping one of his breasts. Um well I I need to read him, I think. I don't know how this works. We also need to talk to Phil. I feel like he can really help with this. Al, this is something I gotta be concerned about. Uh yes and no. Let's Let's just, let's head back. Uh, they, oh shit, um, do you remember which one they followed? <laughs> so, at this point, Jared is going to look at Al like he's got fucking lobsters coming out of his fucking ears, and I think he's slowly gonna push past him as he starts on his way. Well, if we just go back to the brothel, I imagine they'll meet us there, right? Assuming, you know, they're not dead. So yeah, I'll just like right behind him, like, cool, nice. Uh, so, I mean, I might as well kind of show you these on the way. Uh, so I will pull out, like, a, a deck of playing cards, and he's like, so they've got some stuff written on them, and I just gotta know what they say. Jared is going to look back to Al, do you not know how to read playing cards? 
damn it. No, not though. The stuff. There's stuff written on the cards, Jer. I mean, I'm not dumb. Yeah, all right. Well, hand one over. I'll read it to you. Let's see. Ooh, this one. This one looks uh, interesting. Jared, you don't see anything. Sure, it's a playing card. There's definitely a backing to it, but the front is completely blank. Wait, like not even number? Not for Jared. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Shit. I think you got a bum deal. You know, this thing that you handed to me is blank, right? Wait, what? G give me, give me. And 100% Alice seeing some shit on this card, correct? Yeah, oh yeah. You see the numbers, you see the scrawling, everything. So, I mean, I, I imagine they're like walking and talking, doing this. So I was, I was just like looking at it, he's like, oh shit. I fucking hate this guy. So you're telling me you can't see all the writings on this card? That is exactly what I'm saying. Uh, McFate gave me some cards, said they'd help. Help you with what? What do you mean help? I thought we were going after him. Oh, um, well, first, it's actually a really funny story. Problem's not to get mad. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was all a show, man. I, I hope you're okay. Like, seriously, I, I, I really hope you're okay. Um, looked great. Uh, we should probably find Phil. <laughs> Jared, holding his still bleeding wound just glares at Al for a long, lingering moment before finally resolving to just let it go. So, turning back towards the path ahead of them, he just starts walking with or without Al before finally chiming back with the assumption that Al is following him. Well, assuming our friends didn't get killed chasing your fucking ghosts, we should probably meet them back where we separated. Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> With that, Jared and Al either loop back the way that they came, or they take the quickest path back to the theater where they separated. You get back there. It's a quiet night. Kind of a nice night. The, the air is crisper than usual, but pleasant. There's no one really out in the streets. You pass a few guard or guild guild officers, but they don't pay you any mind, really. They notice you have a gunshot wound, but honestly, they don't want to worry about it. You look like you got it handled, but you're able to get back to where you guys separated. I imagine as Jared waits, he doesn't say much. Though I think after the first few minutes of waiting, Jared sighs and pushes off of the wall that he was leaning against. I don't think they're coming, Al. We should head out. Yeah, I, I mean... So, depending on which one they followed, they could be alive or not. So, there's one from the train, one to the slums, and, oh yeah, the other one's at, uh, going towards the Badlands. Wow, you had this whole fucking thing planned out. I'm sure they're fine. At that point, Jared just sort of shakes his head and 
starts back, quote-unquote, home towards the three sisters. Yeah, we'll catch up and, uh, walk back towards the brothel. While the, the walk home had been quiet, the brothel is a booming. It is a very busy night. How fortunate for Rowan. You're able to push past canoodling bodies. After the night he has had, Jared is most certainly going to bid Al adieu. As he looks to the stairs, he's briefly going to look back to Al. I'm going to go nurse this. And, you know, for emphasis, he's going to touch the pads of his fingertips to the blood that has now stained the area of clothing around his gunshot. Yeah, I'll, um... Hmm. Are you gonna be good? Yeah, Al. I'm gonna be fine. An owl finger gun. <laughs> At that gesture, Jer is going to mock being shot in his actual gunshot wound before offering Al an unamused look. Before turning back to the stairs, though, he will regard Al one last time. You turn it in for the night? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably uh, grab a room. Not in there. Uh, that seems too crowded tonight, so... Alright, well, I'm sure I'll be seeing you at some point, Mr. Long. And with that, Jared begins up the steps towards his room. As you guys separate, Rowan appears. She kind of breaks through the, the crowd and her magnificence. They, they part for her pretty easy, or at least squirm out of the way. She looks up at, at you, Jer, doesn't say anything at first, and, and turns to Al. Hey, sweetie, how, how are you? And she reaches over and, and pats your arm. She looks tired. She's not really one for, for makeup anyways, but just she, she's a little worn out. So Al, trying to do the usual Al thing, trying to, you know, straighten himself a little bit and just, I mean, I haven't been better. Yeah, looks looks like it. She, she kind of pats herself and procures a key. You know, the, the place just isn't the same without you. Welcome home. And she hands you a key. Now don't get any wise ideas. It's not to, to the brothel as a whole. If we're locked up, you gotta find somewhere else to go. But that's your room. Thanks. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, hey, have you seen you know, Phil and Rosa at all? Her, her brows furl as she, she thinks about it, and then she kind of snaps at one of her girls. Hey, um, and she gives a description of the two. Seen them around? And the girl looks looks at Rowan and shakes her head. No, no ma'am. No, I haven't. She looks back to Al. Sorry, no luck. Alright, well, hopefully they turn up in the morning. Rest well. I'm gonna go tend to your friend there. And if, if Jared's still there, she'll nod back at you before picking up her, her skirts and kind of shadowing you. What happened to you? Oh, you know, same thing that happens every day. I followed Albert Long out into danger and now there's a bullet in me. 
It ain't as bad as rat's teeth, but try telling that to my shoulder. Well, looks clean through. Come on, let's go patch you up. And she walks beside you and guides you towards a room. Yeah, he heads towards his room. I think he's not outwardly welcoming of her help, but I think without Felix around at the moment, the appeal of getting patched up by someone who knows what they're doing is enough to keep the smart comments to himself. Um, so, you guys get to the room. She's all... There's no ceremony to it for her. She leaves the door open, kind of waves you off towards the bed. Alright, go ahead and take off your shirt one moment. And she starts kind of patting herself for like a little medical kit and... She actually pulls out the diary that was found at her sister's place. I think in this setting, Jared is none too modest about taking his shirt off, which he does, I think, in an uncomfortable manner, not because of where he is or who is with him, but because of the sorry state of his body right now. Um, not just the bullet hole through his shoulder, but there are just barely healing bite marks there are slashes there are bruises his body is all sorts of colors <laughs> and this is all on top of decades worth of other wounds and other gunshot wounds that he's received and various stabs and especially on his opposite shoulder more so focused in the collar area where one might not be able to see it when he's fully dressed um, but there's a pretty severe fucking burn mark there. Despite the slight gut that he's been forming through his drinking habits, it's pretty clear that he is a strong dude, especially in the upper frame. And he has been bearing the weight of all these wounds for however many past encounters he's been suffering them. I think... With his wounds now exposed to the open air, I think his otherwise broad shoulders begin to slouch, and he sort of just lets him feel all this fucking agony he's been in for the past several days. Oh, honey. I got a lot of work to do. She, she keeps the, the diary nearby, like near a nightstand, and she goes to work. Although her work isn't just stitching and cleaning. She, she uses magic. She uses magic to heal you. It doesn't fix the scarring, and some of it's still scabbing over. It wasn't a perfect job, but it helps. And you're still bone-tired. It doesn't fix the emotional wear and tear, but your body for now, this time, it's looking okay. I think despite the use of magic, I think Jared is looking pretty content right about now. Now that that pain that he's been dealing with for days has finally subsided. And before she, she leaves, it's nothing against you. She just has business to get to. She uh, pats her person again and out from her cleavage comes a note. Oh, this arrived for you. I figured you'd show up again, so... And she just kind of passes it on. Jared, who never gets mail anymore, would take the 
letter cautiously, um, looking over it briefly before looking back to Rowan. It's probably just the gills reminding me that I don't have a job anymore. It's your W2, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> have a good night, Jared. Looks like you could use the rest. And she nods her head and steps out, closing the door behind her. But you swear for just a moment you see a cat waiting for her outside. But it's not a normal cat. It looks a little grotesque, like they got ran over. It's probably fine. Like a normal cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> normal cat. God damn it. Uh, and she closes the door behind her. As the door shuts, Jared sets the letter aside and reaches down, beginning to tug his boots free, already halfway undressed for bed, um, kind of throwing them aside unceremoniously as they're pulled off. He would take a brief inventory of his belongings, his wallet, his journal, his knucks, of course, uh, before finally settling back down in the bed. Only at that point, remembering the letter. I think he would take the letter up in his hand, open it up, do whatever he has to do um, to read whatever is scrawled upon it. So, the note reads, It began when I was young. I liked trapping stray cats. They made my favorite noise. Well, that is until I could hear the sweet melody of those begging for mercy. My children, they cried and cried. I wonder what sound you'll make. Signed, PR. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like some oogity-boogity nonsense some teen from a broken home would write as they listen to Nightcore, thinks Jared aloud as he drifts into a sleep that promises now nightmares about dying or dead zombie cats, apparently. Al. Yeah. <laughs> you have a key. Yes. You're able to crash here if you like. You don't have to. I mean, I feel like since, like, Rowan kind of offered, he will. But, like, originally Al's, like, thing, not speaking of it wise. I mean, he tried to make it sound like, oh, it's it's busy. I'll probably, you know, go to, like, you know, the thorn or something. Um, it's weird sleeping in here without Alice. <laughs> so, but it being offered, he still will. He just will feel a little bit weird. Rowan seemed to have the common sense not to give you guys your old room. It's not a special room by any means. It doesn't have a view. It's not in the basement. She's not shunning you. It's just a room. Mm -hmm. It's one that she had to spare. It's actually one of the smaller ones. Yeah, we'll go in. Probably kind of take the like best part off. And probably just the shirt in general. And just kind of like plop down on the bed. And just uh, not like, you know, schoolgirl reading text message wise. But kind of just like lay down with the cards and just kind of examining them. Probably like on his back and just like flipping through them just like what the fuck and you you see him just as you've always seen him numbers writing everything bb did you come up with a description for your cards yes so on kind of like the the face is where the numbers are right yes i know it's a dumb question i just want to make sure <laughs> so the back i mean from as far as what i imagined kind of just seemed like you know that like dark blue kind of just like playing card but like old 
Uh, some of them have like tape on them, like they might have ripped from for whatever reason at some point. Uh, just like an old beat up deck of cards. And on like the face, the writing, I don't know how to describe it, but like a like marker-ish, but with the, not like holograph, but like if you like kind of tilt it in the light, it would shine a little bit. But like just that like marker on something kind of shine. Kind of like opalescence. Yeah, uh, but that's kind of like what I had um, imagined. And in terms of like the faces with the like numbers and suits, uh, rather than having, you know, we're like, you know, four of hearts, it has like four hearts. Uh, the like suit itself like has like one big one in the middle and then like the smaller ones in the corners for, you know, like four of hearts. And then there's just a big heart in the middle. So you fiddle with the stack, you fiddle, you fiddle. You fiddle some more. And at some point, it's just, it isn't clicking. And you're tired. You put the cards down, nightstand next to you. And of course, that's that's when they would react. Figures, they were McFates. Of course, they're going to be difficult for you, too. You notice them glowing. And it's a soft, warm glow. And it, it turns brighter and brighter. And has that same gold, glittery shimmer to the light. And then the deck starts shuffling itself. It slides one part out, stacks it on top, slides another part out, stacks it on top. Then it pushes itself out in the arc, at least as much as it can on the nightstand, and then pushes itself up the other way. All the flourishes you could imagine from up a poker table, really. And then it stacks itself up once more, and it flips the top card. And it's the red joker. You see the writing on it, and you... You can't read it. There's, You still can't possibly read it. But you understand it. There's a part in you that just understands what's going on. It's kind of like when you solve a really hard math problem for the first time. You know there's mechanics there. You could probably replicate it, but you couldn't explain it. And that night you fall asleep for the first time, really feeling true power. But... And your mind's eye or whatever. <laughs> There's that that gold shimmer mm-hmm. starts to be pushed by a blue shimmer. It's faint, but it's there. You can see it kind of trying to push the gold light out, but the gold pushes back too. And it's hard to describe, but you're a little itchy. <laughs> oh, damn it. Felix and Rosa. Hooray. Y'all walking home. You guys experience this the same cool evening night. No one bothering you. I know you two aren't really big talkers, but if there's anything you want to talk about, now's a good time. Felix would walk for a while. Probably once we got past the guild guards, he would, you know, put down his collar, probably loosen his tie a little bit, even though it's not like he's hot or like stuffy because hashtag dead. <laughs> um, but just kind of like calming they try to seem less uptight and he'd look to Rosa and Miss Rosa I don't know if any of our other compatriots will take the moment to thank you for what you did for us tonight being a a sane mind in in a sea of chaos it was a godsend really and I wanted to thank you for it while they're walking she looks 
just hit the whole time. <laughs> uh, but as soon as uh, Felix says something like that, uh, she'll warm up a little bit or become less tense. Nah, they not they not. Don't worry about it. Whatever your response, Rosa, I, I do appreciate it. You're kind of in a a sea of masculinity and bar brawls, and I don't know if that's necessarily your nature, but there is a show at Star Theater tomorrow. I would like it if you join me in my private box for a moment of reverie, something away from the doom and the, the gunshots and the blood and he starts rattling off all of the things that have happened to us in the last four days. <laughs> she'll smile, but she'll say there won't be any more crazy drug addicts, will there? <laughs> uh, Felix will laugh and I, I would sure hope not. I, uh, he gestures to himself, need a little more normalcy myself. Let's put it this way, if there are crazy drug-addled people, we'll just blow a hole in the side of the theater and leave. Okay, uh, yeah. That sounds really nice. After that, Felix will escort her to his apartment, where, I mean, if nothing else, he'll pull out his extra cot and offer her the, the nicer bed, because once he's done... Miss Rosa, you might feel a tad bit exhausted. I do have to do a little bit of stitching here. If you need, you may have my bed, and I will sleep on this cot here. Um, sleep, relative term. We'll, we'll do what I can. <laughs> I hate to interrupt. Before you would have uh, got inside, there would okay. have been a note on your door. Uh-oh, okay. It's the, it's the epilogue of notes. <gasps> notes! It has a familiar, silky energy to it. <gasps> I eat it. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Absorb the power. <laughs> okay. Um, I will take that off the door and just put it in my pocket. We'll address that after I get Rosa situated, because I I don't want to share that business right now. I was going to say, Rosa would see the note, but not necessarily the contents, so that would have been a display that she would have seen, but... Well, that's okay. She can see me pull it off the door. Yeah, I mean, if he's not making a big deal out of it, she's not going to make a big deal out of it. So get Rosa stitched up, um, perform a doctor check as much as I have to, to get her healed, get her situated. I'm going to say, you guys have all the time in the world at this point. Cool. I won't make you flip for it. You could take 20. Cool. So we'll get her situated, and then I offer her my bed. Uh, yeah, she'll accept. And then once she's off in dreamland, that's when Felix will take a look at this note. Felix, you look at the note. A shame I missed you. Next time. Yours, Delilah. Curses! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I will tuck that away in my normal messenger bag and I I guess sleep the sleep of the unsleeping mind. (laughs) Hashtag dead, do I still sleep? I don't know. Yep, if you want to sleep or study or whatever it is Felix does at night. Uh, Felix will. Felix will try to sleep. Felix will try to remember what sleep feels like and try to replicate that because he's had a trying day he uh he would also be you know reeling from seeing his wife and that they tracked the wrong copy and all this other junk so he kind of failed as a well as a human ghost thing (laughs) do electronic felix's dream of sheep (laughs) 
He sure does. Ah, it's it's not sleep. It's it's not sleep like you remember it being sleep. It's not the lights on, lights off kind of sensation. Your brain still works, but you're able to find a meditative meditative state for okay. it. Or it's relaxing for you. It's kind of more like you're hovering at the spot right before sleep. So that's frustrating, but still somewhat relaxing for you. Rosa, you drift asleep, and it happens pretty quick, actually. Again, it's been a long week. Folks are tired. This bed's pretty comfy. But like as soon as you really hit that sleep state, you hear a knocking at the door. Rosa will sit up in the bed and look towards the door. Is she still in Felix's room? She is. Rosa will say hello. More knocking. Not as aggressive as last time, but persistent. She's trying to decide whether or not she should let a stranger into someone else's house. She's going to say, who's there? More knocking. Okay, cabron, if you're not going to say who you are, I'm not going to let you in. (laughs) (laughs) The knocking stops, and you hear the doorknob jiggle. Uh, Rosa's going to immediately look around the room for something to beat some asshole over the head with. (laughs) (laughs) When you look to your left, there's a door, and it's being knocked on. When you look to your right, there's another door being knocked on. It's a door literally in the middle of the floor, like, standing in the middle of the floor. You can peer behind it. It doesn't lead anywhere, but these doors are knocking and knocking and knocking. She'll freak out, you know. She doesn't want to... She's not going to open up any of the doors... She's going to try to find a way around them to, like, the rest of the room. Or did you say there's nothing behind them? Yeah, so it doesn't lead anywhere. It's just a door frame and a door standing in the middle of the room. Every time you turn, there's another door. There's another door and another door. It doesn't matter which way you walk, there's a door knocking. And as there's more doors that are created, the knocking gets louder and louder. Not in the sense that someone's knocking harder. It's just this cacophony of knocking. She'll probably freak out and cover her ears and not want to hear the knocking anymore just try to find a way back to bed as best she can if it's even possible or whatever it is every time you move there's a door but if you if rosa stops and it's closing her eyes and covering her ears or reacting in this sense the next time she opens her eyes the knocking is stopped and before her is the galaxy there's tiles that float not in a perfect path. They dip a little bit. They raise a little bit. And they're silver, but they're almost made out of starlight. And you're already standing on one. It's solid. It's not going anywhere. And there's a long path of these that dips up and down, left and right. And in the distance, you see what's a room? There's four walls, a bit like a moth to the flame. You, you feel the urge to walk towards it. Uh, well, she'll walk towards it again, cautiously. As you walk, you learn you're not alone. To your right walks a man. You've seen this man before. It's Sasha. Tall, dark, handsome Sasha. And his might-as-well-be sky-black skin and coat and hair. He walks with his hands behind his back. Confident strides. He's not walking on stars, though. He's walking on nothing. But his cadence matches yours. When you take a step, he takes a step. He doesn't look at you as you both move forward. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? A lost little lamb trying to find her flock. Kick on you? 
<laughs> what what are you trying to say? I... Uh, she she looks confused like what? And in your confusion, you're still walking and he's still walking and then you realize he's not matching your pace, you're matching his. Do you even know the real you? He still doesn't look at you as you move forward. Yeah. <laughs> I know who I am. And Margarita Ortega, that's who I am. No one cares about you. Not the real you. No, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think people I think people care about me. I know I know people who care about me. And I'm going to say that confidence stays as you walk and Sasha and you also realize that he's not his, his mouth doesn't move when he speaks. It's just you hear his voice all around you. And he keeps saying these awful things that are meant to break down a person. And you're like, nah. Nope. <laughs> Wrong. Fake news. Next. Why are you being a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> and just as it seems like you're never going to get to this room, more tiles appear. Maybe it just gets farther away. You blink and you're there. You're there at that room. And the door, that's Felix's front door, leads into it. And for the first time, Sasha turns and smiles at you. And it's like his teeth are made of stars, that same glowing light. And he holds open the door for you. Inside, you see the walls are striped, silver and white. You see two throne chairs and from the second that he opened the door and you looked in the room he's now in one of those chairs and these chairs are made out of tarnished silver there's one for him there's one for you and they're sat like as they would at a table but the table's missing as if you're, you're both ready for tea but while that's towards the east wall spreading out towards that is a chessboard still on that same silver and white Will you watch, or will you play? And as he asks this from his spot, you can tell there's like this murky, oily essence coming from him. It just slides off and slides over the chair and pulls at his ankles, and just kind of has this constant flow. And you look again at the chessboard, and there's Felix and Jared and Al standing about one space apart from each other, sleeping, but standing. Hey there, gorgeous. Thanks for listening to us today. And if you liked this episode, why don't you go ahead and subscribe? Might as well rate and review us while you're at it. Now, if you're looking for updates, you can find us at soulstorypod.com. In case you were looking to stay in touch, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at soulstorypod. Now, if you wanted to keep in touch with all of us folks personally, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Moose at Mooseyfo, Spencer at SpareBearTheMeek, the lovely man who plays yours truly, Albert Long, at Hot Bam with three M's, Logan at KOTL of the Light, and Alex at Roll for Alex. And as always, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs>